0: Stevie's going to teach you about the courts, something we learned off Ian, and we started practicing it, and we've seen amazing results, like with job situations, with things to do with the economy, all kinds of things, personal situations, national events, and we've discovered that it really, really works. So today, we're going to talk about the courts again, and later on, we're actually going to judge some stuff in the nation to yep. start to change it. Yep. Does that sound like a good thing? So go for it, Steve. love you, man.
1: Wow. It's so good to be here, South Africa. Just the first thing I want to say is, do you realize that the the conference scene is over? (laughs) The way we've been doing things is over. What is coming is going to blow our mind. It's way beyond anything any of us have ever imagined. It's way beyond even Pentecost. It's like there was three feasts in Israel. The first feast was Passover, the second feast was Pentecost, but there was a third feast, and it was Tabernacles. We've seen the literal fulfilment of Passover. Jesus was the Passover lamb. We've seen the literal fulfilment of Pentecost, and the day of Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We've seen it in Azusa Street. But there's a feast we've never seen, and it's the feast of Tabernacles. It's when God Himself comes and dwells. It's when God Himself comes and tabernacles amongst us. But God is raising up a mature bride. It's a mature bride God's raising up. And He's sending the seven spirits. It's the same seven spirits that were on Jesus the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of power, the sp- sorry, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and the spirit of the sovereign Lord. And God is raising up mature sons in the earth. And we feel we've not came to South Africa just to have another conference or another meeting. We're here because we believe that there's, if there's even one person here who grabs a hold of what Justin's speaking about, or what we're speaking about, God can raise up an army. it can raise up something in South Africa that can change the whole nation. We, God is going to release His government. This is about government. This is about the apostolic. This is about sons, mature sons that we've never seen before. It's way beyond gifts. It's not just a word of knowledge anymore. God wants to release the fullness of the spirit of knowledge. It's not just counsel. God wants to release the fullness of counsel. Like Jesus with the woman at the well. He didn't just have a word of knowledge. He told her everything she ever did. Can you imagine we have that spirit of knowledge come upon us and we meet people and we can tell them everything that they ever did? Can you imagine counsel coming upon you like Daniel and we can can disciple nations, disciple governments? God is raising up mature sons on the earth. Is there anybody in South Africa who's hungry for this? It's way beyond revival. I've always loved revival. I still love revival, and God still wants to move in revival, but this is way beyond revival. This is like us going back, as Justin said about the Hebraic, it's circular, where we're going back to the way it was, we're going back to the mature sons, but we're actually going to fulfill more than Adam fulfilled, because Adam didn't fulfill his commission or his scroll. We're going to fulfill what Adam failed to fulfill, and more. And part of the mature sons that God's raising up Part of this is we're going to know how to operate in the courts of heaven. And that's what I'm speaking about today. It's the courtroom of heaven. When Ian Clayton came and he taught this for four years or something, we heard it. And to be honest with you, I had no clue. I didn't really get any of it. But last year, for the first time, it just suddenly clicked. And me and Justin began to just, and others, operate in the courtroom. But it was by faith It was by faith, and we have seen things change in the nation. I mean, national things have changed. And if we can grasp this, and it's really simple. Honestly, it's much simpler than we think. And the other thing I want to say is there's nobody here disqualified. If you feel that's all great about Enoch, that's all great about the glory, that's all great about heaven, but who am I? That's exactly what I think. That's what Justin thinks. We're nobodies. We are nobodies. It's like if you think, yeah, that's great, but it's not for me. It is for you. It's for all of us. In fact, if you feel disqualified, that makes you qualified. If you feel weak, then that's who God has chosen. God could have came and he could have, went to the, like, he could have brought Enoch or Dustin or whoever to the biggest church in South Africa. But he's chosen here. He's chosen a group of people. This is not a massive group of people. Because God always works with the small. He always goes to the places that are unexpected. He's chosen the unexpected. He's chosen the weak. He's chosen us. And I tell you, if we can grasp this, this can change the nation. It can change the nation. We can learn to be the government. We need to learn to be the government. This is the year 2012, Bob Jones says that God was going to release his government. This is that. You're it. You're it. Europe, Europe. So, do you mind if I read quite a few scriptures, just to give the foundation that this is totally biblical? At the courtroom in heaven, they may not mention the word courtroom in the Bible, but the courtroom is all through the Bible. The the whole Bible's full of it. God is just; He's a judge. So, I want to start is Psalm 89. You don't need to turn there because I'm going to be using different translations, so it'll, you'll get all confused anyway. So just listen. It says, righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. The throne room, the foundation is justice. There's a lot of teaching about God being love, and God is love, and he is graceful, and he is merciful, but he's also the judge. He's also just, and God is passionate to see that, not just God bringing wrath, God is passionate to see judgment made in our behalf. Because everybody here probably had a lot of stuff been stolen. It's like even revivals of the past have been stolen. It's like in your own lives, things have been stolen. It's like even in terms of poverty of the nation, things have been stolen. Everybody's got a destiny, but maybe we're sitting here feeling it's been stolen. There's coming a time. This is the time where the books in heaven have been opened. In the book of Revelation, it says there came a day when the books were opened. Daniel saw this day, and he said the books were opened. What are they open for? God has been waiting all these generations to bring justice. He's been waiting... these generations to reveal to us that the courtroom is for us so that we can go into the courtroom and de- demand justice because God has the courtroom rigged in our behalf. It's actually rigged because the judge is our father. Our advocate is Jesus. The whole word of God and every promise in the Bible is for us. It's for us. It's rigged for us. So I want you to just read a few scriptures. The first place that you can see the courtroom Well, one of the best examples of the courtroom is in Joshua. Sorry, it's in Zechariah. It's about Joshua. Zechariah 3. And it's verse 1 to 7. It says, Next the messenger angel showed me the high priest Joshua. He was standing before God's angel where the accuser showed up to accuse him. Where does an accuser show up? to accuse you in a courtroom. Then God said to the accuser, I, God, rebuke you. I rebuke you and choose Jerusalem. Surprise, everything is going up in flames, but I reach in and pull out Jerusalem. I'll explain in a bit. in a second, I'll just read it. Joshua, standing before the angel, was dressed in dirty clothes. The angel spoke to his attendants, Get him out of these filthy clothes. And then said to Joshua, Look, I've stripped you of your sin and dressed you up in clean clothes. I spoke up and said, How about clean new turban for his head? And they did it. Put a clean new turban on his head. Then they finished dressing him with God's angel looking on. Now this verse is just phenomenal. This verse here will blow you away because this is the promise for all of us. It says, God's angel then charged Joshua, orders from the God of the angel armies, if you, if you live the way I tell you and you remain obedient in my service, then you will make the decisions around here and oversee my affairs and all my attendants standing here will be at your service. This was a promise to Zechariah, to Joshua. That he could have access to heaven, access to the courtroom, if he was obedient to God's ways. What is God's ways now? What's the greatest commandment? It's love. It's grace. And we might think we don't deserve it. As soon as he goes into the courtroom, he says, You're filthy, yeah, but I give you white clothes. That's the gospel. The gospel is that we can all go into the courtroom, no matter how you feel, no matter how dirty you feel and what rags you're wearing. As soon as you go to the court, you don't get clean to go to the court. You go to the court and you will get clean. He will give us new robes. He'll give us a turban, which represents the mind of Christ. He'll give us his thoughts, his ways, and he'll make us clean so that we can have free access into heaven, into the throne room, into the court. And not just to go into the court, but we will actually rule there. Yeah, wow. It says, then you'll make the decisions around here. Yeah. Yeah. We will make the decisions in the courtroom. This is not just about us going and pleading. It starts off there. But we're going to rule. We're going to reign. We're going to be part of the justice system. We're the kings. We're the priests. We're the ones who are going to see the government come on earth. This is the mature sons that God's raising up on earth. Another example is Job. It says, one day when the angels came to report to God, Satan, who was a designated accuser, came along with them. God singled out Satan and said, what have you been up to? And Satan answered God, going here and there, checking things out in the earth. Another translation says, going to and fro and up and down. And God said to Satan, have you noticed my friend Job? There's no one quite like him. Honest and true, his word totally devoted to God and hate and evil. I'll go back into that, but I just want to read the next part. It's Job 2, verse twenty eight. It says, One day the divine beings came to present themselves before the Lord. The adversary. do we get that? The adversary. This is courtroom language. This is where the accuser comes to accuse all of us. There's the courtroom, and the adversary goes there. It says the adversary also came among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to the adversary, where have you come from? And the adversary answered the Lord, from wandering throughout the earth. The Lord said to the adversary, have you thought about my servant job? This is again asking that same question, for there is no one like him on earth, a man who is honest, who is of absolute integrity, who reveres God and avoids evil. He still holds on his integrity, even though you noticed me, you incited me to ruin him for no reason. And their adversary responded to the Lord, skin for skin, people will give up everything they have in exchange for their lives, but stretch out your hand and strike his bones and flesh, then he will definitely curse you face to face. And the Lord answered the adversary, there he is within your power, only preserve his life. And then it says in verse 7, the adversary departed from the Lord's presence and struck Job with severe sores from the sole of his feet to the top of his head. Can we see that Satan can do nothing unless he goes to the courtroom to get permission? Yeah. Satan has been going to the courtroom for all of our lives, for throughout the church ages, for permission to bring devastation, to destroy it, to destroy your life, to destroy my life, to bring... To make us, to help, to, no help, to make us fail. To, when revivals start to flow, you'll notice that suddenly three years will last, four years, and the adversary robs it and steals it. Say, where did Satan get permission to do that? In the courtroom. In the courtroom, but nobody's been going there to stand in the court and say, no, suddenly, I want to be here and stand up for my rights. If we stand up for our rights in South Africa and say, no more, we're going to go to the court about the roads, we're going to go to the court about corruption, we're going to go to the court to bring justice, to get rid of the poverty, to bring revival so that there'll be habitations in the whole nation. Oh. Satan's been accusing and God actually granted permission to bring sores against Job. What would have happened if Job had went there and said, Lord, if I'm guilty of anything, forgive me. Satan would have no legal loophole. If there's any legal loophole, Satan has got a right to attack. But if we come under the blood of Jesus, the gospel, and realize that we're forgiven and accept the white robes, we are forgiven completely, then Satan cannot touch you. And it's not by works, it's just accepting grace, it's accepting his blood, it's accepting the cross, it's accepting that we are forgiven, that we can command the blood and the word and we are totally forgiven. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's time to go to the courtroom. If we go to the courtroom and stand there as righteous and say, yeah, I'm guilty, forgive me, then Satan cannot touch you. Here's a New Testament example. You might think that's Old Testament. <laughs> Luke 22, verse 31 to 34. It says, Simon, Simon, listen. Satan, this is Jesus speaking. Satan has asked excessively that all of you be given up to him out of the power and keeping of God, that he might sift all of you like grain. Satan asked. Where did he ask? In the courts. Satan asked that he could sift Peter. Like, wait, does Satan ask for your life? Absolutely. But Jesus said, I have prayed especially for you, that your own faith name may not fail, when you yourself have turned again and strengthened and established your brethren, Jesus is our advocate or lawyer. Revelation 12.10, it says, Then I heard a strong, loud voice in heaven saying, Now it has come, the salvation and the power and the kingdom, the dominion, the reign of our God and the power, the sovereignty, the authority of his Christ, the Messiah, for the accuser of the brethren, He who keeps bringing before our God charges against them day and night. Satan makes accusations against us day and night. Has been cast out. There's a day coming when the courtroom will be in place where God will cast out Satan and the accuser of the brethren will be cast down. But until that day, we need to go to the court and make rulings on our behalf, that God will make rulings on our behalf My little children, it says in 1 John, I write you these things so that you may not violate God's law and sin, but if anyone should sin, we have an advocate. I'm just reading these scriptures to let you know that the theme of the courtroom is all through the Bible. An advocate is a lawyer. It's courtroom language. An advocate is one who will intercede for us with the Father Jesus Christ, the all-righteous, uprighteous, just Who conforms to the Father's will in every purpose, thought and action. Jesus is our advocate, so if we have sinned when we go to the courtroom, it's like Jesus will forgive us. And I've wrote here in quotations an advocate is someone who speaks on behalf of someone else. The term is often used in the legal profession to describe someone who has received some legal, legal training which allows him or her to represent another in a courtroom. In a courtroom. In Psalm 35 verse 1 it says, Plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me. Fight against them that fight against me. Amos 5.15 says, Hate evil, love good, Maintain, maintain justice in the courts. In Job it says, Now that I have prepared my case, this is Job 13, after everything happened, he's lost his family, he was devastated. After all of that, Job learns the lesson. Job 13, 18, it says, now that I have prepared my case, I know that I will be vindicated. How many times have we seen stuff in our life and we've not been vindicated? Maybe it's time to prepare our case. Maybe it's time to like, get scriptures that back like what the Lord says about your situation, of its health, get scriptures about health. If it's injustice, get scriptures. Prepare your case like it's a court case, like you would do it in the natural. Job says, "Now that I have prepared my case, now I will be vindicated." Satan could harm him. Satan harmed him before because he didn't have a case, but now he knew how. To prepare a case. He learned his lesson. He says, now that I've prepared my case, I will be vindicated. Wow. Wow. Psalm 100 says it, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. So there's, there's seven things that I, just have, I want to mention briefly about the scriptures I've just used. Number one is that there is a courtroom in heaven. We've just seen the whole legal language in the courtroom and how Satan's the accuser. Jesus is the advocate, God is the judge. Two, Satan goes to the courtroom to accuse you. Number three, Satan looks for any legal loophole so that he can attack your life. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy But the good news is, if we know how to prepare our case, it cannot steal anymore. It cannot steal anymore. If we know who we are and we know how to go to the courtroom, we know how to plead our case, we know how to build our case, it cannot touch us. Number four, we have been invited to take part in the courtroom. Number five, and this is really crucial, we need to get this. We don't need to be clean to go there. We are made clean. We are made clean when we go there. Joshua was given a new garments. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. We're completely forgiven. As far as the east is from the west, the blood covers us. The blood is so important. It's like when we go there, we, we don't go there with guilt or condemnation. Every single person here can go to the courtroom. You don't get clean first. You need to heal that. You go there and you will be clean. Number six. And this is a biggie, we defeat principalities and powers and the devil in the courtroom. There's been too much intercession in the past in the church where we've been earthly, where we've been coming against this demon and that demon. That's nowhere where the battle is won. The battle is won in the courtroom. Because I tell you why, if you get the papers in the courtroom that support you, it's like all heaven suddenly backs you. Can you imagine a principality over this region? And you get this this scroll from heaven that says that principality has no right to be here now. When you stand there, you might be small like me. You might be small, but you've got got the whole host of heaven behind you. Do you think Satan's going to resist that? Do you think demons are going to be able to stand against that? That's what true authority is. It's like a policeman standing in the road with his hand like that. He himself maybe not have much power, but he's got the whole backing of the law behind him. The whole law is behind him, so you will stop because the policeman does that. That's what authority is. And when we get the scrolls, the papers from heaven that say sickness is no right in your life now. When you get those papers, you can stand on that because the whole of heaven will back you. This is, I love this. It's like, I would guarantee probably everyone here, some, in some way, our fashion has been stolen from in terms of inheritance, even in terms of revival, even in terms of what one nation should be walking in, we've been stolen from. But you know, when we know how to activate the courtroom, we don't just get back what is lost. The Bible says that we can get seven times back. Seven times what we lost. Seven times. Proverbs 6.31 says, But if he has found out, he must restore seven times what he stole. That's good news. Seven times. <laughs> he must give the whole substance of the house if necessary to meet his fine. Can you imagine what South Africa has lost in terms of Revival. I was reading before I came or listening to about William Branham came here. And William Branham saw some of the greatest miracles and signs and wonders in South Africa. It's like, but it was stolen. We're not walking in that anymore. We're not walking in the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of wisdom, the way he was. He could look at someone and tell them everything about their life. He knew sometimes where they came from, how the accident happened. He knew when they were born, who their mum was, what their name was. That was the spirit of knowledge, not just the word of knowledge. But that's been stolen. But can you imagine God restores seven times that? Can you imagine a company of people here that walks in seven times what Branham had? Or John G. Lake. John G. Lake could put his hand, we know the stories, and and the plague would die in his hand because of the presence of God the anointing. Can you imagine we get seven times that? What was your family supposed to walk in? What kind of glory? What kind of revival? What was stolen from your parents? We can get all that back seven times greater. This is Daniel. Daniel looked and he saw our day. This scripture just blows me away. It says, Daniel 7, 9 to 11. It says, as I looked thrones were placed he's talking about the end times thrones were placed do you notice it says thrones it wasn't just a singular throne for the lord it was thrones plural who are who's the thrones for us he's the king of kings but we're kings he's the lord of lords but we are lords God has suddenly given us a revelation that we are lords and we are kings. And there's thrones, and Daniel saw this. He said, there's thrones in heaven. I saw thrones, not just one throne. We are seated at the right hand of God. We are seated. Seated means it's symbolic of authority. The thrones are here for us. All of us here, there's a throne for us. We're supposed to be seated in heavenly places. There's a place of government for us here in South Africa. And we want to walk in this. We need to hunger for this and desire this and honour this and say we want a throne. We want to know how to go into the courtroom. Lord, teachers, seven spirits, come and teach us. Come and teach me. You may say, but I don't understand anything about it. That's okay. That's what they're there to teach you for. We don't need to know everything. He's the Holy Spirit's teacher, but the seven spirits are coming. As I looked, thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. This was Daniel looking to now. The Ancient of Days took his seat. And his clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames. It wheels like burning fire. A stream of fire issued and came out from before him. It says thousands upon thousands served him. And 10,000, 10,000 stood before him. And the court sat in judgment. And the books were opened. There's books been opened in heaven right now. This is the time Daniel was talking about. The books have been opened. I looked then because of the sound of the great words that the horn was speaking. The horn speaks of the antichrist and the Satan and the devil. And as I looked, the beast was killed and his body destroyed and given over to be burned with fire. As the rest of the beasts, the dominion was taken away, but their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. Do you, know, do you notice that this is connected to the thrones before that? It's like his authority was taken away, but God doesn't take away authority until those people can take that place of authority. Like God couldn't put David in place until he was ready to rule. He couldn't replace Saul until David was ready to rule. And now there's a time right now where there's a people, there's a company of people that are getting ready to rule. And then Satan can be dislodged. The principalities can be dislodged because we are ready now. In the past, God could not do that because we were not ready. I just want to read something that I wrote. This is about the generations that everything has been stolen. It says, For generations, we the saints have been robbed and we've suffered much injustice. Millions, absolutely, multi, millions of people have been martyred and robbed of their destiny. But in these last days, The Ancient of Days is about to open the books and he's going to release justice. And we will reap what many generations have sown. One generation will receive the reward for all the prayers made by all the saints down through the ages. And every promise ever made to any saint will be fulfilled and we the end time bride, us, will be the beneficiaries. <laughs> it's justice time. And we are about to receive a ruling in our behalf. You think, well, how, where's the scripture for that? Right. <laughs> Revelation 8, verse
0: 3.
1: Right. It says, another angel came and stood at the altar, holding a golden censer, and much incense was given to him so that he might add it to the prayers of all the saints. All the saints on the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints went up before God out of the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire off the altar and threw it on the earth. And there followed peals of thunder And sounds, flashes of lightning and earthquakes. The prayer of all the saints was mixed with the incense. All the saints, through the generations, all the saints, even from Adam all the way to now, every saint that ever lived, every saint that ever lived has prayed a prayer. And some of them in the Book of Hebrews, it said they did not see it fulfilled. They died believing, but the promises given to them were not fulfilled. But in Revelation, it says every prayer, every maid, every promise, every made is going to be fulfilled in one generation. We are that generation that's going to see the fulfillment. We're going to see the fulfillment of all our grandparents, great-grandparents, if your dad or mom or great-grandparents, they died and they did not see the fulfillment. We in one generation are going to see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, every destiny. Everything they did not see, we're going to see in one generation. And the fire is about to be thrown on the earth. there's about to be a fire it's like as we learn how to go on the thrones, as we learn how to go into the courtroom, as we learn how to take part in the justice system as we become mature sons as we allow the seven spirits to come and mature us so that we walk in the fullness of the spirit, this fullness of knowledge the fullness of counsel and might the fullness of wisdom and understanding and the fear of the Lord as we walk in this, suddenly the fire is going to be poured upon the earth We're going to see the fire of many generations. We're going to see the ancient flame. We're going to see the flame that we've longed for. But this time the fire will not go out on the altar. This time the fire will burn continually. This time there'll be no three-year revival. This time there'll be a habitation. God is building a house and the foundation is apostles and prophets. And this house is going to be, the concrete of this house is love the culture of honor, the culture of love. But we're going to see habitation. It's time for habitation in South Africa. It's time for the glory to come. (laughs) Yeah. do you want to learn how to get into the courtroom? It's so simple. It's by faith. Can I say it does not matter what you feel or what you see? It's like Ian Clayton when he taught us about heaven said he stepped in every day. I think it was a year. And he felt nothing and saw nothing. Nothing at all. But he'd done it by faith. It said Enoch was taken. Enoch was and Enoch was not. But it says Enoch was translated By faith. By faith. He stepped in by faith until it becomes reality. So Ian Clayton, every day stepped in nothing by faith, until one day he stepped in, he was really there. That is, that's how it is with the courtroom. By faith we step in. By faith we step in. You imagine the courtroom. You imagine like a normal courtroom. God is the judge. You come in and you honour the court. You don't walk into a court and start shouting or whatever. You go in and you honor the court. You honor the judge and say, thank you for letting us into the court. And Lord, if I'm guilty of anything, I, I'm sorry. Get new clothes. Just say sorry. Just admit the sin. Ask God to cleanse you. The blood is there for you. Amen. That's the gospel. We've got free access, as it said in Zechariah. We've got free access now. So we would just, me and Justin, we get together and others, and we would just by faith step in. You can do this just say, for example, sickness. I would get all the scriptures on sickness, right? I would build up a case, like it says in Job, I prepared my case. Build up a case about sickness, that how that God, by his stripes, we should be healed. I would take those scriptures into the court with the word. I would honor the court, honor the, the, the judge, and I would present my case to the judge and say, your word says that it's unjust that I should be sick because by your stripes, yeah. I'm supposed to be healed. Yeah. Yeah. This can work for anything, whether it's poverty, whether it's financial difficulties, whether it's a region that needs to see the glory. It's unjust that this whole place is not a cloud of the glory. Mm. So we would just honor the court. We'd present our case. Another thing happened to Justin, well, Justin one night was been, well, during the night was been attacked by demons, <laughs> it's quite funny <laughs> and he would go into the court and honor the court and supposing the demon, let's say the demon it wasn't this for Justin but let's say it's depression you command that demon to come into the court you command it to come in yeah. and say Lord God you promised me that I should have joy unspeakable and full of glory You said that you would be my peace. I ask you, the judge, to judge this thing. Judge depression. Judge sickness. Judge poverty. Whatever it is, command it to come in and ask God to judge you. And then when you step back out of the heavenly realm, by faith, you release that into the earth. You release the answers. You release the court ruling. And sometimes how you'll know that it's happened, you'll feel me and Justin had us lots of times where you would be presenting it and then you would just feel a peace. You just knew, it's done. And then you could release that peace on the earth. You just decree then. Suddenly you're a king in the court. You present your case. Suddenly you come back to earth. You're a king then. And you're releasing the answer. You release health. Now I decree health to this situation or if it's, the glory in this region, then suddenly you've got the answer from the court. You've got the papers. If it's a principality, you've got the papers to say, now we have got the authority to say, you must remove from this region. Do we want activation now? Do we want to step in? Amen. Let's all stand. We were talking to Graham earlier and one of the situations we felt we should take to the court as Corruption. <coughs> So I'll start it off and then Justin will probably come along and help.
0: So I really feel that corruption issue is awful. Government should not be corrupt. They shouldn't be corrupt. There should be integrity running through the whole thing. Money should be accounted for, every penny. It should be spent well with honor and dignity and humility. And people should strive for excellence in what they do. The government should see themselves as servants. The servants of our, this nation. Not the rulers. They're the servants. They're meant to be ministers. They minister to you. So we maybe need a change of government here. Or we need God to raise up the Daniels. People will not take bribes. Remember Daniel? Daniel would not take a bribe. They searched Daniel's life. They could find nothing wrong with him. We need people that will walk in such integrity that Satan has nothing in them. And we go into the courts to get it dealt with so Satan has got nothing in us. Whoa. So we're going to do that by faith together. And we're going to agree. It might take a year. It might take two years. Who knows? But this will go all the way through the court systems of heaven because we stood today I looked for a man to stand in the gap, to build a hedge, to turn a nation. If we, as a company of people, are willing to take responsibility, then we're given authority. Mm. Authority is not given until you take responsibility. We take responsibility by saying corruption's our problem. Yes. This corruption in the government, because there's corruption in the church. So we need the church to be judged of its corruption. Money should be managed well. Ministries should be managing their wealth well. Everyone should be managing it with integrity and honor. We should not steal. There should not be a thief amongst us. Whoa. Whoa. Thank you, Lord. You guys ready. So find some space where you can step in and we're going to do it together. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We're going to do business that's going to shape South Africa right now. We are. We've seen the knock on effects of this stuff. Yep. It goes up and up through the different systems of heaven. It goes to the angelic court. It goes to the chamber of kings. It goes to the council of God. But it begins at the bottom, where we engage at the bottom and put our petition before the Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Right now, Lord, we honor the judge. We step in by faith with thanksgiving. Yes. We thank you that there is a judge who rules in heaven. We thank you that heaven rules. The message of Daniel, the book of Daniel, can be summarized by heaven rules. And we acknowledge Jesus, our advocate, ruler of the kings of the earth, the firstborn amongst many sons, the faithful witness, an outraying of the brilliance of the Father, to you we owe honor and glory. We recognize the ancient of days, the father of all creation. The one who is and was and who is to come. Yes. And who is justice and love in every way. Yes. We honor the yes. Holy Spirit, the administrator and right arm of the authority of the king. The one in through whom all things were made by the power of the Holy Spirit through him. We honor you. We honor the the clouds of witnesses that have gathered to testify and witness on our behalf. We honor the saints that went before us. We honor the angelic hosts. Thank you for gathering on our behalf. Lord, we have an issue of extreme importance for the future of this nation. It will determine whether this nation makes it or breaks it. There will be no future for this nation if we do not see something resolved in the area of corruption. We come before you right now, all of us together, and we own that sin. Lord, we say we and our people have sinned, God. I repent of corruption. I agree, Lord, that I have been corrupt, Lord. Forgive me for all the times I've misused wealth. Forgive me for all the times I've lied and cheated and me and my forefathers before us. Where there is a record of sin, Lord, we ask that you would remove it from us right now by the blood of Jesus. That as far as the east is from the west, our sins, the sins that we have done, are removed from this nation. We ask you this hour to forgive our government, to forgive Africa. Forgive South Africa for the root of corruption that has been in the the government. Whoa! thank you. Wow, we receive the cleansing blood of Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Wow. You might begin to see something right now. I just saw a, a demonic being called enticement. Right now, that means I got permission to call it to the court. Right now, Lord, I call the demonic enticement that's enticing these men and women into corruption, into the court. Yes. We summon you for justice. Yeah, we summon you. They don't like this. They tremble. Yeah, right. You come here now. Lord, we just call this being before you. We ask for justice and a divorce in the heart of government from the spirit of enticement into sin, into lust, we call lust for power into the court. we call for lust for wealth, we call corruption where people want to be in control, the spirit of control. We call deception into the court right now. Yeah. We repent, Lord, where we've allowed deception in our lives, where we've allowed lust in our lives. We repent, God, where we've allowed control and manipulation in our lives. We admit our sin and we ask that you remove it from us this day, that every accusation would be removed. That you would break the law of sowing and reaping, that there would be no more reaping from these seeds. We cut it off. We speak to it. As Jesus spoke to the vine and said, Vine, you will shrivel up. Tree, you will shrivel up. Ooh. We ask it for a certificate of divorce from corruption. Corruption, your day is over in South Africa. receive from the court I'm seeing in the spirit that's why I'm speaking these things integrity just receive it into you right now integrity you will be known like Daniel as a man and woman of integrity we just swallow it into our spirits we swallow the divorce certificate from these demonic beings we just receive the wisdom that comes from above that is pure and noble just receive wisdom right now Woo. to make right decisions. Wisdom teaches us to make right decisions. Wisdom builds the house with seven pillars. Ooh. So we receive it right now with thanksgiving and joy. We joy in justice. We enjoy justice. We enjoy being ministers of justice. Thank you for the honor, Lord, of being in the courts of heaven. Thank you for the honor. Of ministering your justice. So, right now, Lord, let's just honor the judge. We raise our hands to the judge that has ruled in our favor. Oh. See, I can see them clapping. There's joy at justice. There is joy at justice. There is joy at justice. There is joy joy in the presence of the Lord. There is joy. There is joy.